Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. There is a desperate need for affordable housing in California, and churches have the space to build it. They have thousands of acres of land throughout the state. Sounds like a match made in heaven, right? But a bevy of barriers stand in the way of churches building housing. From KQED's housing desk, Aditi Bandlamudi reports on one church that made it happen and a pastor who was trying to help other churches beat the odds. Late last year, Ira Hudson was searching for an affordable place to live in the East Bay. She'd been living in an apartment in downtown Oakland for the past nine years, but when the building's management changed, it became run down. Some new neighbors moved in next door, and she started to feel unsafe. They were just starting to let any and everybody come in there, and I couldn't stand the bugs. But she didn't have a lot of options. Hudson is retired and doesn't have savings. She lives off of her social security benefits. She thought about getting an apartment in her sister's building in Alameda, but the wait list was really long. On a whim, she submitted an application to Jordan Court, a new low-income apartment building for seniors in Berkeley. But she wasn't confident she would get a spot there either. Her application was one of more than 850 to fill a mere 34 spots. Finally, Out of the blue, I got a call and said, you got an apartment here. I said, you got to be kidding. I said, that is nothing but a blessing. She moved into Jordan Court in March. And don't get her started on the closets in her new apartment. I love a closet. It's wide. And some of the the closets here are small. But I got a big one. (laughs) So I say, I'm blessed. This apartment was built by All Souls Episcopal Church, located next door. It all started eight years ago, when Reverend Phil Burchard decided to transform an unused, decrepit apartment building into new housing. We wanted to be part of strengthening the community in a different way, and one that was going to provide space for people who are most vulnerable. The church faced all the usual challenges housing projects run into, funding, bureaucracy, and pushback from neighbors. For some, it was uh, they didn't want to see a bigger structure here. We added a story to the building that was previously here. Uh, For some, it was just they didn't want uh, poor people living in their quote-unquote neighborhood. All these obstacles often discourage churches from moving forward with the housing project. But All Souls had a few things going for it. New housing laws streamlined the approval process for affordable housing developments. It's a big church in an affluent neighborhood. They weren't worried about making a profit from the development. And they had a skilled congregation eager to help out. We had a number of people who gave up thousands of hours to this project from our congregation who came in with different skill sets, a journalist and an attorney and a couple of architects. Jordan Court is the first project completed between a church and Satellite Affordable Housing Associates, or SAHA. 
CEO Susan Friedland says building affordable housing doesn't make sense for every church, in part because some have needs that can't be met with that kind of development. For example, Friedland has talked with churches who want to build affordable housing to earn a stable income and stay afloat. Some congregations see they have this surplus land and they want to monetize it and it makes complete sense. But building affordable housing isn't always really a great way to kind of maximize profit. Other churches want to build housing only for their congregants. But most affordable housing units have to be offered through a lottery system so everyone gets a fair shot. We can't lease the building only to a certain group of people. We have to open it up widely. That's often a game changer for a congregation. But what if the church needs to make money and its congregants need housing? This is the situation for many black churches in the Bay Area. Pastor L.J. Jennings wants to help churches meet both of those needs. He runs the Kingdom Builders Christian Fellowship in Oakland and has built two housing facilities on its property for unhoused residents. We needed to address the homeless crisis, and so that's what we have been doing. Jennings was born and raised in the East Bay and has seen his neighbors get displaced by the rising cost of housing. Before he became a pastor, he worked in real estate. So in 2019, he decided to use his experience to tackle the problem. He started the Kingdom Builders Project, a nonprofit that helps churches build affordable housing in their backyard. It was important for us to think about how do we as the faith community attack this issue and attack the crises of losing members that are being pushed out. We're talking in the parking lot of a church in Hayward that he's hoping to turn into low-income senior housing. Jennings is also working with five other churches in Oakland, and he thinks the housing projects can make them some money. Usually, the landowner pairs with the developer, who knows how to turn their land into housing. And the developer will get a fee from the project's funders. Jennings thinks it's unfair that churches don't get a piece of that, especially with land being such a hot commodity. So we have situations where nonprofit housing developers are getting land from the church, and the church doesn't benefit in it other than their name on the building. Jennings says they can also learn how to manage the property, rather than contracting that out. That means more money for the church. And when the housing is developed... Most developments that are developed on church property, their members don't even get the chance to be in there. And I know why. He says it's because people aren't ready to apply to the lottery when the time comes. So in the years that it takes to build the housing, the church should counsel parishioners with budgeting, credit, savings. We're working with them on all the areas so that when the application opens up, our people are ready to apply. There's no guarantee that these solutions will work for every struggling church, but it makes sense for them to try. Churches have been providing for their communities for generations, food, education, shelter. And for black churches in the Bay Area today, the need is especially great, and the stakes are especially high. We're really trying to stem the tide of the black displacement. In a real sense, it's our survival. No one's gonna save us but us. For The California Report, I'm Aditi Bandlamudi. And that's The California Report for Monday, September 5th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great Labor Day. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. 
If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.